Lord, we love your word. Because the word is nothing but you yourself. Lord, as we are gathered here around your word, it is the same as being gathered into your presence, into your name, into your being. Lord, this is where we find ourselves this afternoon, in our mingled spirit, one with you. Lord, we like to spend this weekend in your word. That means to spend this weekend with you and in you. Lord, how fortunate we are, how blessed we are, even how honored we are to be the people who have your word and those who have a love within us to treasure your word, your speaking, oh, your breathing out. Lord, we're here to exercise our being to breathe you in. Lord, we love you. Do bless this weekend, Lord, abundantly, above even what we ask or think. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your precious cleansing blood that we need all the time so that we can have clear and unfettered access. Lord, with nothing between. Thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, it's good to be here. Um, I don't remember whether I've spoken in this hall, but uh, I've been in meetings in this hall, and I've forgotten when and how or all of that. But um, I have been looking forward very much for this time. I, of course, had that uh, little... um, Zoom time uh, last year or whatever um, here and uh, and uh, that's I think that's when I uh, um, gave you the rain check or the promise that I'll come here ASAP you know after the lockdown or whatever the uh, the pandemic <clears throat> so here I am uh, not quite ASAP but you know. Um, it's just good to be here. Amen. Um, <clears throat> this uh, weekend, with the three meetings we're going to have, including this afternoon, <clears throat> I have some burden from the Lord, as you have the outline, at least outline number one and two in your hands, to say something uh, if the Lord would give us the mercy in a little bit of a particular way concerning the Word. And, of course, we're here talking about the Word of God, <clears throat> the Bible. And it's, it's a huge subject and an exceedingly rich subject. And I think in many ways it is familiar to us. You know, uh, when I fly to this part of the country... It's like, where am I? You know, I came from the left coast. You know the left coast? (laughs) That's where I come from. And so it's a totally different country, if you will. So I came here. It's um, 
the word is respected, the Bible is revered, and even known and read and studied uh, to a great extent. <clears throat> and um, I have a very strong burden for this country. I'm not born here. So as I said one time, I will never have a chance to run for the president's office. You got to be born here. You cannot be a naturalized citizen, which I am. But somehow, <clears throat> This country adopted me, and I adopted it. Um, it's a mutual love affair. Uh, that was when I came here uh, initially for school, for college, uh, in the state of Oregon. <clears throat> and um, after I finished school, I uh, worked. I mean, the field of architecture. And, uh, and of course, the church life was here, uh, there in Los Angeles, where I came in to the Lord's recovery. And so, um, <clears throat> even though later on, uh, when I grew up a little bit more, there was the uh, absolute opportunity and occasion for me to go back to where I came from, that is in the Far East, specifically in that place called Hong Kong, which now today is part of China. But as it were, the Lord's clear speaking to me and leading of me was not to go back. I have siblings that all study here just like I did and got their degrees here and all of that and they all went back <clears throat> I'm sort of the black sheep uh, didn't go back and at that time I was still not entirely clear why <clears throat> but as time uh, went on and um, I grew more and so on and so forth. <clears throat> and being in the church life and serving the Lord, um, it became more and more obvious and clear to me um, that even though I'm not born here, at the wrong color hair, um, color skin and all of that, that uh, in my heart, I'm an American. And something was put into me, and I think it has to be the Lord himself, but through the ministry, uh, because God does not, God works directly, but frequently through his agents, and I write human agents. 
And so in this case, it was the ministry <clears throat> that also put this burden within my heart for America. And um, I know that over the years, you know, it sometimes is a fashionable thing to do, to do what is called U.S. bashing, you know. <coughs> People just like to bash the U.S. from time to time. And there would be people that I know, uh, even close to me, that would do that. And it takes me a lot to control myself when that happens, not to speak up for this country, for my country. And, <clears throat> but I don't mean that just to say that I am patriotic and that kind of thing, although humanly I am, but it is in another realm, and that is the realm of God, the spiritual realm, the divine realm that I'm talking about here. And so over the years, it became more and more solidified in me this burden for the, this country. And when our dear brother Lee spoke so much about this country, uh, I mean, recently I'm just reading a book from 1965. 1965. If you are in the DMS, what do you call it? You know, if you receive the, the books from LSM, right? you know, regularly, you get that. It's called the way of the Lord's recovery. The way of the Lord's recovery. Now, these messages in that book were not given here. They were actually given in Taiwan in that year, 1965. Many of us were not even born yet. <clears throat> there, in speaking to the co-workers there in Taiwan, in fact, at that time, he was there to resolve a very difficult turmoil in Taiwan, a rebellion, actually. He spoke much concerning the U.S. He was helping the brothers in Taiwan, but he was speaking a whole lot about this country. And mind you, 1965 was only the third year counting from the time when he was made clear by the Lord that he should stay in the U.S., witness Lee. That's 1962, when the, he moved to selected Los Angeles, of all places, to be the base of his ministry and the place that he would build up, if I can say so, a model local church in the U.S. or in the West. It's only three years, <clears throat> 65. So it's the recovery was only in its infancy. It was a fledgling thing. But if you go read it and 
his plentiful speaking, ample speaking, related to the country, this country, tells me how deep is brother, was Brother Lee's burden for the U.S. of A. He would later reaffirm that burden over and over again, all the way until his last years, that this country <clears throat> uh, is not the best country, not only the best country on the earth, notwithstanding all the crazy stuff, all right, I, I know what we may be thinking here. <coughs> it is still the best country. There simply is not another country that existed in human history like this country. It's actually a baby country, only 250 years old. That is a baby. All right? In terms of the human civilization and all the empires that existed before. This little baby country in a short period of time arose to become the leading nation of this world. And don't let people fool you. It is still the leading nation of the earth. And amongst other things that if you go into the ministry, including 1965, 1981, 81, he had that series of messages called The World, History, and God's Move, 1981. He spoke there concerning the earth, concerning Europe a lot. But basically, he spoke about this country. And its place, this country's place and position in God's move in his economy, especially at these end times. Then, 1991, the year that we actually went to Russia to begin the Lord's work there, he gave a series of messages in Memorial Day that year that's very, very similar to the topic of 1981. And that is the what? The uh, world situation, not the world's history, but the, the world situation and the direction of the Lord's move. This is 1991. Of course, at that time, he was burdened about Eastern Europe, and eventually Russia itself. But there he spoke again concerning actually the importance of the USA for that move, the move to Europe. Um, James, what you just showed me in the collected works of Witness Lee is 19... 91, 92, well, actually from 90 to 92. And there he just, we were out there and he showed me uh, 
or us, the brothers who were gathered there, the uh, a prayer that Brother Lee offered in, in some before some message. And his burden was entirely for America and for the Americans, the typical Americans. And you can hear his heartbeat when you listen to that prayer. It was, you can feel it. It's deep. Mind you, I mean, again, Witness Lee is even, he is 10 times more Chinese than I am because he came here in his late 50s and 60. I mean, but he would say words like, I love this country. This is a country that the Lord has raised up for himself and for his move. And I saw it. That speaking that he had influenced me and impacted me tremendously. And as I serve, continue to serve after his passing in these last, what, 25 years or so, that burden within me for the U.S. had only increased. And so coming over here, you know, being in the middle, the heartland, so to speak, of the U.S., um, all that feeling, all that, all those words, all that burden, just have a way of flooding me again. <clears throat> I believe, even though the recovery has been here now, if you use 62 as the baseline, uh, almost 60 years, or in fact, 61 years, is 2023, right? 61 years, long time, long time. I submit that not only the Lord is not done with America, but that the Lord has a lot, yet he has not done in America. Now, this is not to say the rest of the earth are less important, you know. No, the earth is the Lord's. And we are here for the whole earth, am I right? We're not here just to wave flags and just like that. We know that. But in terms of God's practical and strategic move in the last of these days, this country, this country is still needed. And in my humble opinion, and I may be wrong, but in some ways I paraphrase Brother Lee, that this will continue until the end when the Lord would come back. Some of you older ones would recall that at a certain time, Witness Lee considered the possibility, actually he was stronger than that, but I am a little conservative, 
that the U.S. may be that wilderness, wilderness in Revelation chapter 12, where the woman, the persecuted people of God, would find refuge, would find some measure of protection, would be sustained against the work of the Antichrist to destroy God's people, the church, and his earthly people, the Jews. I'm not a prophet. Who am I to say that that is right or wrong? But in my humble opinion, and in my observation of the world situation, I tend to agree with that viewpoint. Today, with all the evil, all the wickedness, all the insanity, yeah? All the degenerate, crazy things that are being per perpetrated and spread and disseminated. <clears throat> Basically, surely, slowly but surely, dragging the whole earth to hell. You agree with me? This country, the USA, remains for sure, if you just compare size, population, geographic dimensions. Basically, there's not another country that you can even do a, you know, fair comparison with. There are countries today that say they are Christian country. You know, like some European countries like UK, England, right? or even Germany, they still pay church tax. Every German citizen still pay church tax to the state church. That's the Lutheran church. But you and I know that all that is really a formal, degraded religion, Christian religion. But in this country, even though there's a lot of the same, the Lord has raised it up from the get-go, from the very beginning. This country, with its systems and with its values and with its beliefs, very, very much based on Judeo-Christian values, which is God's values at the end of the day, which is the Bible, 
And not only was that, you know, I, see, I'm not going to, this, this conference may, may totally be a different conference. <laughs> Are you okay? Amen. Yes. This country, one way to look at this country is to study the revivals, the Christian revivals, all right? Even before 1776, okay, before the Declaration of Independence, before this country was officially formed, already, number one, with the so-called pilgrims, so-called these ones, the persecuted ones from Europe that came. The early, early ones that came, they came as immigrants, as persecuted believers. You know, they brought a Bible with them. You know what Bible was that? It's not the King James. It's what the King James is based on. It's called the Geneva Bible. The Geneva Bible was a study Bible, much like our recovery version. I like to call this the second Geneva Bible. I know I'm, I'm Bibles for America, so I'm, okay, I'm uh, advertising a little bit. But, but no, no, I'm serious. Geneva Bible, you, 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 you can go buy it today. It has as many footnotes as this. And if you go read it, in one of the footnotes, it says, the Pope is the Antichrist. So there are some people before us who were pretty radical <laughs> with their theology, okay? Don't think we are the first. No, we're not the first. So they're persecuted. They came, the King James is 1611, based on, very much based on the Geneva Bible. King James just wants something more Shakespearean, you know what I mean. Beautiful O English. And before this country was founded, per se, there was a revival in the colonies, brought in by people like Jonathan Edwards. This is on the eastern coast. And other British uh, evangelists, such as George Whitfield, and the um, Wesleyan brothers and people like that. They worked those colonies and they brought in the so-called first awakening. Have you heard of that? That's Awakening is sort of another word for revival. That was the first one, before the country was found. So this country is founded very much on the spiritual things. In those days, they call it religion, you know. That's the word they use. 
a strong religion, a strong religious influence. And to this day, I don't need to tell you this. All these things even about human rights, am I right? About freedom, about, you know, all these things. You know, of course, they're trying to, you know, shake off the the um, <clears throat> the king, right? King George and all of that stuff. But for this small number of people, band of people, to found a country upon those precepts, it's never been done. This thing we call democracy, and later on the whole constitution of the U.S., that is still the basis of this country and the reason why this country is different. You think just some human being did that? I don't think so. It was the Lord. It was God who did that for his own move for his own economy. This is not about for the USA. This is for himself. So what we call the American experiment is exactly what that is. It's never been done. When Washington became the first president, he he didn't know what to do. There was no president. You know, there was no... There was fear that he would go back and become a king. You know what I mean? And some people, royalists, wanted to make him a king again. Except he refused. Thank the Lord. Right? And so this experiment continued. And another awakening in the 1800s. 1800s. You have all manners, I mean, even from the very beginning, these revival camps, you know, revival meetings all over the place, in towns and villages and all over. Um, People were God-fearing. People were Bible-believing. And the gospel was preached. The real gospel was preached. And genuine repentance, genuine salvation. And even there was a measure of spirituality. Of course, the UK was a great factor in this. But they share the common language, and in many cases, the same ancestry of peoples. You got evangelists like Moody, right? Like Tory, and others. And that was a decade of worldwide evangelism very much led 
in the 1800s, the Lord was still using England primarily. But he was preparing the USA to succeed England as the next great earth power for his move. And so the 1800s, the outpouring of truth, the ex, um, propagation of the gospel, of the word of God all over the earth, missionaries, it was a missionary century. Of course, many missionaries from UK and from the Europe direction went all over the place. One went to China, whose name was Margaret Elizabeth Barber, and he had a, she had a lot to do with us, the Lord's recovery. Young people, I encourage you to study our own history. You will find that out. But the U.S. also sent out a lot of missionaries to China. To You know, Brother Witness Lee is from the northern China, and Brother Watchman is from southern China. Southern China is where they receive primarily the missionaries and influences from Great Britain. Whereas northern China, where Brother Lee was, they received mainly missionaries from America. That's where Brother Lee came from. And I suspect that has something to do with his eventually coming here. The seminaries, the Bible schools, the, the, the evangelical activities all make this country, solidify this country to be Christian. Really, brothers and sisters, without these basic so-called Judeo-Christian Philosophy, if I can borrow that word. You can talk all you want about freedom, liberty, rights, democracy. It doesn't work. Look, today, there are a lot of people throwing those words around. Am I right? In the end, there's still a dictatorship. There's still a repressive government. There's no way to work out those things, something proper for human existence, for the proper governance of a human society, without the proper values, which is based on the Bible. Because God is the one who made man. Who would know better about human rights? than God. You really think you know? If God has not made man in his image and according to his likeness, endowing man with certain things, making man in a certain way, he created man free. Am I right? With a free will. 
So you, you, you can throw the fancy words, nice words around. You cannot work it out if you don't have this culture. This culture. You know what I mean by culture, huh? Without this. This country today is almost 350 million people. Many newly immigrated. When I first came, which was 50 some years ago, this country was 200 million or a little bit more than that. Now it's the whole of Europe. You add together is the number of the U.S. population-wise. When people... I'm not boring you, am I? I? I'm not here trying to wax political, okay? So please don't think that way. Please, huh? And I'm not here to show off my knowledge no, no, no. <clears throat> but I want to tell you, I am a keen and astute observer of this country. And I have some benefit more than you who are born here. Because I'm a little bit more objective. You born here, so you just grew up here, so you see certain things a certain way. I came from over there, so I see things from afar. And the more I study, the more I study these things, even apart from the ministry, which is, you know, so helpful, the more I am convinced of what I'm telling you right now, that this is not, no, no. Outwardly and essentially, people are people. Whether you're Americans, you're Chinese, they're all the same. Sinners. Okay? So it's not about we're better, we're, we're you know, we Americans are better. No, no, no. Don't, don't say that. It's God who in every age needed and worked through a nation to execute and carry out what he wanted to do in that age. That is a principle. Starting with Babylon, a bad place, right? Who wants to be in Babylon? But it was the first country that God would use. Full of it in the Old Testament. In prophecy. The golden image, remember? Of the entire human government until the very end. From the golden head to those ten toes, the feet and so on and so forth. But that, the medial Persian Empire, then Greece, 
under Alexander the Great, and then the Roman Empire, which if you study the ministry, you'll find out we're still in the Roman Empire today. All the systems of law, all the things, has its roots in Rome. As awful those nations were, and some just drank the blood of Christians. God used them. Even God used the Roman Empire and even sovereignly had that Augustus, am I right the name? I forgot. Who would order a census to be taken, right? And that's why Joseph and Mary, right? Went back to their hometown, so to speak. And there Christ was born. Don't think these are just happenstance. And even the way the Lord died on the cross, it is a Roman invented Horrible method of capital punishment. And the Lord, because he was predicted to die on a piece of wood, where would that come from? The Lord was not beheaded. He was hung on that cross. And he fulfilled prophecy. The Lord used, God used Roman Empire. And then the succeeding situation. Germany, right? Reformation. I'm just being very, very quick. England for the recovery of so many truths and spiritual things. I mean, the way God used England, it's just phenomenal. Phenomenal. 1700s and into 1800s. You know, do you know England is just a few tiny little islands? You know that? It's, I don't know what size of one of these states, United States, one of the states, became the so-called empire without sunset because in every time zone there is a British colony. You did that? Who did that? It was God. And even how that country set up the colonies here, here, the 13 colonies. And then out of that, those colonies, 
there rose a rebellion, right? That led to the formation of a nation that never was, that never existed. And somehow, I'm not superstitious, neither I think anyone of us are here. The blessing that God has poured out on this country. I came from China. It's a huge country now. Now it's number two in economic standing. It was like number last, not terribly long ago, under someone called Mao Zedong. Some of you don't even know who I'm talking about. The practice, the Chinese brand of communism, ruining the country, killing tens if not hundreds of millions. It's my country, where I came from. Today, it is prosperous. It is, you know what I mean. It is, you know, made in China, right? I think your shirt is made in China. <laughs> Let me tell you, China is not that country. God allowed that to be here, there. But in terms of his use, it's not. It does not have the kind of blessing that this country experienced. And again, I say not because we're better people. You know, we're more brighter. No. It's God. It's the Lord. So none of us have anything to be proud about. But I will tell you, from a youth, I just look up to the USA as a nation, you know, its systems, its values, a lot of bad stuff here, I know, I mean, really bad stuff. Just like Roman Empire is really bad, okay? It was... Horrific. It was degenerate. It's immoral to the uttermost. That's why, in a sense, we're still in the Roman Empire today. But despite that, the Lord has a plan. The Lord has an economy. The Lord has to work out something for himself on this whole earth. And he needed that nation to work that out. Brother Lee came here with that view. With that view. Do you know when he and Brother Watchman Nee, when they were in China, they never had the thought in their mind to come here. Number one, they felt the U.S. is the most worldly place on the earth, and they were right. 
Okay. I'm talking about back in the 20s, 30s. Today, U.S. is still that exporter of evil. Number two, they felt the Lord did not measure the West to, out to them, these two brothers. That the Lord measured China, you know, the East to them. So they were faithful to that. And so they have no thought of coming. A sister actually have who have been here. This is in the 40s, 1940s, okay? And gave two checks to Witness Lee. You go and read that book I just talked about. You hear, you hear Brother Lee talking about these wonderful little stories. One is, one check is for his passage to USA. The other is so that when he's gone to USA, the family, witness his family can be supported. Two checks. And Brother Lee famously said, I never cashed those two checks. No thought of coming here. No thought. The Lord is have commissioned them with a burden for China. And just what? Little less than 20 years later, or around 20 years later, look, the Lord's recovery has been going on in Europe. For what? For Twenty centuries, right? Am I right? That's where, you know, starting when with Paul crossing the Aegean Sea, right? Preaching the gospel in that first city of Europe, Philippi, establishing a church there. Then the gospel was preached to Europe. And for twenty centuries, Europe became the place of God's move. Absolutely. Culminating in England, which was saying this is like the the peak. I mean, what the brethren, the British brethren, you know, and others, many other inner life um, teachers and others. I mean, it is just mind-boggling what they saw. Let me tell you, it's not because they are better people again. It's the Lord's doing. The Lord using that country and the people in that country to do that. And today, we are totally, absolutely standing on their shoulders to practice the Lord's recovery. The truth that they have seen. Twenty centuries. Out of a sudden, now talk about something unbelievable. After twenty centuries, I'm talking about after two thousand years. Okay, 
That's a long time. Out of a sudden, it's like it stopped. This silver lining of the Lord's recovery, the Lord's move, according to his heart, like stopped in England and reemerged in a strange, heathen, Buddhistic country called China. <laughs> Raising up some young men, amongst them is Watchman Nee, among them is Witness Lee, particularly, to do what? To continue that silver lining, that move of the Lord on the earth. For how long? For about 40 years. From the early 1920s to now, uh, to 60, early 60s, that's 40 years, right? Just 40 years in China, that what Brother Lee would call stream that started in Jerusalem, that went to Europe, all right? And then went to China sovereignly, came back to the West, came back to the West. The other place, Europe, 2,000 years, this time 40 years. And the Lord led this man called Witness Lee not to go back to Europe, but to come here. This place that he deemed utterly worldly, forget about it. He showed up here. And of all places, he picked Hollywood. <laughs> you know what I mean? The Hollywood sign? Just... We all live under the shadow of that sign. I mean, it's a crazy place. That's where he started. Now, recently, there's a brother, dear brother, you don't know, who just passed away, 101 years old. His name is Jonathan Kong. You don't know him. He's the original. If there's one, he's the original. Or a original. Or an original. He just passed I was at the memorial meeting. 101 years old. Puts this brother exactly, his lifespan, exactly the span of the history of the Lord's recovery among us. Wow. 101. This year. Because it was in 1922 that Watchman Nee and another two, a couple, first broke bread out of the denominations in the Lord's name. And frequently we refer to that as the starting moment of the Lord's move among us. 101. He just passed. Gloriously. I wish I can be like him. Through thick and thin, one with the ministry, one with the minister. Uh, unbelievable. Dear brothers and sisters, I'm here just talking, kind of 
intertwining world history, church history, our history, to give you a sense, to give you a view of just where and when we are today. England began to wane, just as before them, Spain was the world power, preeminent world power. It was just defeated by England. Almost overnight, just by a sea battle, the, arm, um, the armada was just destroyed. It's just start going downhill because they were pushing what? Catholicism. It's as if the Lord says, enough is enough. And there arose this Protestant country, and that is England, to take over. And this continued all the way through to World War II. World War II. So all of the 1700s, late 1700s, all of the 1800s, and even in the beginning of the 1900s, God was still using England for the truth, the recovery of his truths, and for the evangelism through the gospel of grace to virtually the entire world. Africa, India, they were all evangelized or Christianized, if you will, by British brothers. You remember Dr. Livingstone? It's a Brit. That is Africa. William Carey, India. All right? Country after country. But towards after, at the latest, actually I would say it started in World War I, really speaking. But where, by World War II, the, you know, the baton was fully passed from England to the U.S. And since then, this country has become that nation that God would use. Psalms or where? Blessed is that nation whose whose God is Jehovah. There's a reason for the blessing. And that has too, too much with that Christian faith as a tradition, influencing every part of society as it should, because one day the kingdom will come, that's what's going to be, the kingdom of Christ. There'll still be nations, do you know that? But the kingdoms of the earth has become the kingdom of his Christ.
Today, you can be hard to find another nation where there's still so many of its people that are still God-fearing, Bible-believing. Gospel preaching. Truth, maybe not the most high level, but truth propagating. Even in us left coast, we still have some of this. They're just in the countryside, you know. I believe even you are somewhat the same. Most of the big cities it's become purple, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever it is. We'll forget about that. The Lord covers me to talk like this. I have not planned at all to talk about this. I want to talk to you about the three aspects of the Word. <laughs> the Word and the Spirit being one, and dealing with logos and rhema. That's what I wanted to talk about. I still want to talk about that. But alas, I'm up here, and the wind blows where it wills. I just speak from my heart. And I believe I'm not here trying to convince you, trying to... I'm not trying to do that. I'm just overflowing with certain feeling. And this is why, brothers and sisters, I am so burdened for the USA. That's why I put so much time, devoted so much time, even more than brothers who are Americans, for this country. You heard about GTCA, right, here and there? Gospelizing, truthizing, churchizing America. The Lord covers me to say this, that I'm behind that very much with other brothers, of course, we serve together. But be clear, I am not here, you know, just being patriotic, okay? I'm not waving the flag. I'm really trying to share with you something in line with what the ministry taught us to look at the world situation, to look at this universe, to touch the Lord and contact the Lord when we consider the outward environment so that you and I would know how we should then live today. How should we be Christians today? How should we be the church today? And how should we advance the Lord's recovery today? The Lord is moving all over the earth marvelously in all six continents. Absolutely. The Lord is doing wonderful things. You, you, I'm sure you know. In Africa, I'm sure you, you get those news, am I right? In Ethiopia, in, in other countries, marvelously. Marvelously. You know, let me tell you a little, little interesting data here. So I'm at Bibles for America, right? So we... We know, we, 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 we spread these things, the website, the traffic, you know, who gets what, downloading, and all of that stuff. I tell you, besides the U.S., of course, this is Bibles for America, so we got the U.S. traffic. 
I tell you the second largest traffic online. This is online. Guess from which continent? We'll come to BFA. Okay, I'm already giving you a hint. <laughs> it's not America. It's Africa. It's Africa. So they think it BFA is Bibles for Africa. I think. <laughs> and the next one, close behind us, are all these Hispanic nations. Because we do have a, you know, you push the button, it's all in Spanish and so on. The Lord is moving in Africa. For sure. For sure. Well, I like to tell you, brothers and sisters, we're here. And I want to impress upon you. The Lord is not done. Far from his use, his need for this country. And so it warms my heart when I come here and heard about OU softball team, <laughs> that girl that just so unshamelessly, openly testify of the Lord Jesus Christ and his gospel. It just warm my heart. Let me tell you, you don't find this. Just go to any country. You don't find this. And there will be many, a silent majority in this country. I'm not here talking about left-right politics. I'm talking about faith. I'm talking about values. I'm talking about culture. It's not a small thing. The Lord has kept a substantial percentage of Americans who are still persuaded that way. The African Americans, they are just permeated. That culture, historically, am I right? Permeates. The Hispanic, it's more Catholicism, you know, basically. But actually, there is a strong resurgence of Protestantism among the Hispanics today. <clears throat> now here, we are the Lord, in the Lord's recovery. So... We are in this environment, in this country, that God is using still to finish his business, his economy. He needs this country. I do agree. We need to pray for the USA. From this perspective. Are you with me? From this perspective. It is still a leading country. I don't care how you dissect it strategically 
scientifically, technologically, medically. Still came from here. You know, today, you know, China is makes your iPhone, right? Your iPhone is made there, right? India is doing all your software, right? Do you think they dreamed that up? They invented that? It's all from here. They just copied it, stole it, and make it a little whatever. And regardless of all the terrible things, you know, that, that's going on, I am still every day thanking the Lord I'm in this free land where I have freedom to live, to worship, as I will. And I'm protected by the First Amendment. Right? I can speak like this. You go to Russia today, the window has closed. We were just there for a number of years. It's a different country today. You cannot preach there. You cannot have a gathering like this without a permit. You cannot even preach. You can give a testimony. You cannot go and distribute Bibles on the road, on the streets. In 1991, we can, but not today. But here, no matter what, we still can do that. You see, this has always been a land of immigrants. And I'm not here about you know, immigration, the southern border, forget about all of that stuff. But I am talking about the cream of the earth came here for a better life, for that breath of freedom. And you, the place of collection of all the brightest minds and intellectuals and scientists and all kinds who did so many things that benefit the whole humanity. Am I right? The bad stuff, I know that. Without the U.S. taking the lead, you think, I tell you, Ukraine is over long time ago, last year. Oh, it's 820. We're okay. Huh? We, we, we must finish this meeting at 9. Right, okay. So I wasted a meeting. In this recent move of the Lord through GTCA, 
where the co-workers were led to target, not the coast, because more or less that has been covered, more or less. I'm talking about churches, huh? recovery churches. I, When I look at the U.S. map, I don't see the coasts. I see the middle. From the mountain states all the way to the Appalachians, I see the heartland. I see the Bible Belt. I see this place that is still filled with these typical Americans. There's a lot of stuff, so I know that. This gives the Lord a way to move, to gain people. The Lord's recovery still must be strong, if not the strongest in the United States. That's my burden. I'll tell you, that's my burden. And I'm not here, I'm against China, against Taiwan. No, 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 no. You, you misunderstood me. I love all the nations. I love all the saints. But I'm talking about strategically. So even when I came here to Oklahoma City, right, this, this time, yeah, I have this burden. I do. But now you see what's really down there is coming out. And I'm hardly here to butter you up. You know? Ooh. No, no, no. I am only here for one thing. That is God's interest. Amen. God's purpose. Amen. God's will. Amen. That's all I care about. And if he chose this country or that country, that is him. If he chooses India to be that country, Amen. It's not about my choice or your preference. It's God's sovereignty. If we believe there's such a God in this universe with that kind of power. So, saints, with this view, I think there's a need to humble ourselves. Not be arrogant or proud or self-congratulatory. Because there are too many things U.S. need to repent of. Too many things. It's a, it's, a, it's a nation that leads in sinfulness. This is Sodom and Gomorrah. It is. If you don't think so, that's because you've been, you've been here long. This is, you've been in the garlic room for too long. You don't smell the garlic anymore. This is bad. I gave two or three messages. Isn't somebody transcribed and printed it? I did a study in the whole Bible concerning the sin and wickedness and immorality 
of Sodom and Gomorrah. You can go all the way to Jude, all the way to Peter, and find that. And that in the last days especially, this will be it. So, no. It's a, this is a bad place. But, but, just like in Sodom and Gomorrah, there's still one family that is righteous. And God spared that family. Today, brothers and sisters, we cannot fold up. We cannot call it quits. We cannot wave the white flag. We cannot just say, ho-hum, this is about it. Let's just have a, you know, happy existence in the church life. As long as God is not done, we're not done. And I'm not done. And I feel that the Lord, also in his sovereignty, but not only so, in his great mercy and grace. In the years, these 20-some years since Witnessley's passing, 1997, and so this would be, what, 25th year or 26, right? The Lord has actually done a lot of good things in his recovery. For one thing, causing the churches, the work, the co-workers, the saints, to be one through blending. Blending, you know, blending. Doesn't mean we don't have problems. No. First Corinthians, terrible place. Huh? Corinth, the church in Corinth. You couldn't find a worse church, I think. All set to the church of God, which is in Corinth. Paul never gave up. It's bad. Never gave up because that church still has the essence, divine essence of God. That's why it's called the church of God, which is in Corinth. I visited with this GDCA places like Charlotte, you know, you know, Charlotte, North Carolina, Columbia, South Carolina, and then in Florida, all those Bible Belt places, just like you. By the way, I'm still searching for the belt of the Bible Belt. I mean the buckle of the Bible Belt. In vain. I know, I know. Someone already, the first time I heard was, Oklahoma City. <laughs> but then I go to different places, yeah. they said, it's here. <laughs> so I'm still searching. <laughs> but whatever the case, 
my goodness, my visit just since the pandemic, just visiting, mingling, sensing, praying. My, the Lord's presence, the Lord's blessing, the Lord's move. To me, it's very, very clear. And that's not because we did a good job. That's because it's the time, and it's the Lord. And so tonight, this meeting, I don't know what kind of meeting is this. I want to call all of you who are here, who are part of the people here, that as those who are in the recovery, having such a view, such a view that I presented, you would regulate yourself. You would consider your life. You would consider your church in this light. Then you won't be satisfied with just a routine Christian life, just a common church life. You will have a sense of destiny. You have a sense of fate, which is God's fate. Because we share the same history with God, am I right? His, his history is our story. We are, we are married, we are intertwined, God and us. What he wants is what we want. And what we want should be what he wants. So we, can, we are not here for some humdrum existence. There's a lot of work the Lord wants to do in this country. I don't know how long I have. I can tell you this much. During the pandemic, I turned 70. Not this year. I'm staring at sort of sunset. But every day I pray, almost, Lord, please, if, if it's your will, Give me more years. Because this burden is too heavy. This burden is too heavy. The Lord also has blessed us in the recovery with a new generation that are have been rising up and emerging. You know, you you guys who are millennials, that sounds so passe, you know. Once upon a time, millennials, woo. Now millennials are like, out of here, you know. It's Generation Z. It's the TikTok generation. Well, these millennials were all born around 1980, 81, 82, depending who you believe. <laughs> Today are reaching middle age, late 30s, mid 30s, early 40s, mid 40s, prime of the life. And many have been through the full-time training. And even those who have not, 
are beginning to populate our membership in the Lord's recovery. No small thing. No small thing. I want to put in a plug for FTTA here. I wish all of our young people will go to the FTTA. Whether you will serve full-time or not full-time is secondary, but that you pass through that training. My assistant here, Travis. Travis, stand up. It's my assistant, my assistant, my driver, my bodyguard, you know? Okay. He's been through the, he was gained from Christianity in college, whatever. Down in the left coast, okay? He actually lived in the beach called Laguna Beach. He recently married and his wife, who was not exactly a just graduated. And now they got married and she his his wife Anna. They agreed, they decided, am I right? That after they get married, and according to law, one year you cannot do anything, okay? After you get married. So now it's one year later. So his wife Anna is going to the training for two years. I say, wonderful. Wonderful. Don't hold on to your kids, friends, sisters. Tell them to go to the training. It'll change their lives for the better. And now we have many among us of that age bracket who have been through the training. So many of them are now entering into responsibility in the churches. I know I travel, I know. And sisters becoming useful, opening the homes, you know, all of that, shepherding. A lot of Priscas and Aquilas which is how it should be. And looking at this younger generation rising up just encourages you. There's a future. And that's why we need to keep working on the college age, the young people, and our grandkids, right? The children. I don't know why I came this weekend. Maybe, maybe this is the reason that I came. Not to give those messages, but maybe this is the reason. I don't know, but that's my burden. So, friends, sisters, I hope you would receive something from my rambling here. Uh, have a fresh view of the Lord's move on the earth, have a sense of the times that we're in, when things, as predicted and prophesied, it's going to get worse. Listen, it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. 
Only when Jesus comes again will things turn around. So don't even hope for better. But we need to pray so that the mystery of lawlessness will still be restrained until the Lord comes. So we pray for this country. But at the same time, positively, aggressively, vitally, we all in the recovery, the churches, need to have a fresh view of the Lord's move in America. You need it. And together, not just as a single church, not as a single whatever, but the power The blessing is in the body. If we would blend together, be vital together, experience Christ together, Chicago, huh? Forget what is behind and reach forward to what is before. We got no time to waste, brothers and sisters. Individually, there's an out-resurrection waiting. Collectively, there's a need for overcomers. We're small. We will never be big. But our commission is not a general one, but a specific one, but a vital one. That has to do with the building up of his body that has to do with the adornment of the bride that have to do with the ushering of the Lord's return and the establishment of his kingdom. If we are not just saying those words, if we believe those words, Saints, that's the meaning to our existence. And I believe, as Brother Lee said, in these countries where there's still generally the Christian faith, you know what I mean, this attitude, the seekers are here. They're not just Christians. Among so many Christians, they're seekers. They want more. They're not happy with what they have. And I'm seeing this is the case. In my left coast, it's harder to find that. They exist, but it's harder to find just by percentage. Here you have so many more of God's people. Yeah? Who's looking for what is God's purpose? They want the truth. The deeper truths, the higher truths. And not to brag, we inherited, we received. Look at your library, look. We are inundated with the deepest and the highest and the basic truths. I mean, my burden this weekend to talk about the word is a deep one. We, I feel, my burden, is we even need a renewed love 
for the word of God. A renewed approach to the word of God. So that's why my main burden is based on Colossians 3.15. Let the word of Christ dwell or inhabit you richly. Small words, just a short phrase. There's a lot there. Everyone has the Bible. But just to have the Bible is not good enough. It's good. How you take the Bible. How you hear. How you receive. How you assimilate the word makes all the difference. That's really my burden. And we need this word if we are to fulfill this commission. Let me end with this, okay? I'm going to end with this. I talked to my assistant coming here, driving here. Acts chapter 20, I think verse 32. Paul was at the beach for his last meeting with the Ephesians elders. Last. They all knew they probably would not see each other's face anymore. And so Paul gave his last words. And at the end, before they hugged and kissed, knelt to pray. Paul said, after so many exhortations, I commit you to the word of his grace. That phrase, word of his grace, has baffled me for a long, long time. What does that mean? Why the word of his grace? It's a very special utterance, word of his grace. So I, with the help of reading some of the ministry and reflecting and considering, I think more or less I have found the main reason for that. I cannot say I know everything. What is grace, brothers and sisters? Grace is Christ. Enjoyed by us. To be our life, to be our life supply. And also, not only that, but to be the power and energy to do for us what we cannot do. That's grace. The word of his grace is significant. That, 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 that phrase. If you appreciate this definition of grace, that means what? That means how Christ, this living Christ, even this indwelling Christ, can be your enjoyment, your supply, your power. Today, either individually or in the church life, I'd like to tell you, brothers and sisters, 
is through the word. It's through the word. But the word is the word. We all have this. It's how you see the word. How you hear the word. How you receive the word. How you let this word inhabit you, indwell you, make home in you richly. To the extent that it can do that, that word, which is the living Christ, as the Spirit in us, will continuous, continually, moment by moment, day by day, be the enjoyment that we need and be the very supply that we need for our sustenance and also be the very energy that we need, the virtue that we need to carry out what God wants us to carry out, which in our natural life we cannot do. You can be zealous, you can be burdened. That song, what I can never do, God is doing in me, by saying what? Amen to his word, something like that. You say, I can't do it. Some of you sitting here today may be saying, I've had it, it's too much, I cannot bear it, I'm too tired, I'm too sick. And you are loading on, unloading on us this heavy commission for USA. After I'm done with my kids, I don't even have energy to read the Bible at night. Brothers and sisters, the word. Not just the Bible in that simplistic way. The word of Christ. This has everything to do with what I just talked about for the last hour and a half. The word. We don't trust anything. We don't rely on anything. Our natural life, our energy, our ability, our, our all of that. Gift. The word has already been given to us. The word of his grace. Actually, this grace is not just Christ. Christ is the embodiment of the entire triune God. This grace is actually the process and consummated triune God. Now, if you have God on your side, in you, working, living, moving, supplying, doing things for you, we're like the OU softball team. We are the champion team. Right? You got God? Amen? Amen? Champion team, not because of us. So this is a, just a little preparing a segue for tomorrow. Amen.
Please forgive me for my just free, free talk here. And, uh, um, but I'm here in family. So I feel very free to just open my heart to you. I really feel that way. I really feel that way. Okay. Maybe five minutes or ten minutes for some sharing or testimony.